another episode of Full Court Press, presented to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is the man who's been coming in hot for the past hour in in the message thread, um, just taking on all comers, not giving two shits, like, fucking taking on me, taking on uh, Luke, like, basically telling Joel to fucking sit down. Uh, it, it's been great. It's been highly entertaining. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, the man himself, Jawan Carter. What's up, Jawan? What is going on? It's it, it's all love, but I, I always love when we're, uh, there's there's a bit of friendly uh, tension amongst us uh, yeah. when it comes to sports. But it's 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 definitely all love, all love. Indeed, sir. Uh, I I very much feel the same way. Um, and I, I, uh, I will, I will say that I, I feel like your, uh, your threat that if the Hawks get Zion, that you will, you will, um, disassociate yourself from the show. Uh, I, I feel it's idle. I feel it's an idle threat. I feel like maybe, maybe you take, you know, a couple weeks off to like, you know, get your chi in, sh- in check. Um, but, but I, I, uh. I, I don't take it seriously. Uh, maybe I should. I don't know. But um I'm not asking well, you to comment I, on that. Oh, okay, but okay. go ahead if you want to. If you <laughs> no, want to, I was to, just go gonna ahead. say. I was gonna say. Obviously, it's it's a joke. But when I think it will manifest into becoming real and like actually serious, is if you do get Zion October, like that first game where I have to look at Trey and Zion, because don't don't forget it. So your games will be televised like throughout the season. Um, that's when oh, I yeah. think I'll start to grow a resentment of you. It's like because I have to see him over and over and over again. So that's when it'll grow. Sure, um, but if you have KD and either Kyrie or Kimba, um, and you're making the playoffs, I think uh, you know, I think you you'll probably be all right. Um, just saying, um, but uh, you know. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see what happens because that's going to be a big – that's that's going to be what, like, the big deal is. Um, like, if the Knicks don't get Zion, are they able to secure Kevin Durant and then another, like, top prospect? Or at least, like, um, even if they can't get, like, another, um, like, max free agent, are they able to get, like, solid talent around him to put together a competitive team? Like, I always think back to um, – like the Dallas Mavericks circa um, 2011, like Katie's good enough that you could just put role players around him as long as they're the right kind of role players, and he could win you a championship. I'm not saying like he'd be the odds-on favorite. The Mavs weren't the odds-on favorite that year, but I mean he is good enough to where you could do that. Um, so I mean that's that's going to be the big thing. Um, but like you know, for instance, if you put Katie on that team. Um, and then, you know, you're able to make like a key trade for a nice role player. Like I'll, I'll keep saying it, Robert Covington, um, I think would be great with Kevin Durant, uh, plays defense, fucking shoots a very high percentage from three. Um, you gotta be a great fit. And then like, let's say you get like, say fucking like Patch Beverly and Danny Green, you know, so the two really fucking solid players. And then you get like a six man coming off the bench and you got, um, maybe maybe you bring back DeAndre Jordan. Maybe you promote uh, Mitchell Robinson to the starting role if you think he's ready. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot you could do with the amount of cap space that you have if you know you're getting Kevin Durant. 
Um, and, and, you know, maybe two max players isn't the best route. Um, maybe it's um, – maybe you're better off uh, signing players – you know, like I like I've said for the Lakers, maybe you're better off um, using the pieces that you have accrued as like trade assets, but signing valuable role players um, around KD and then trading for a superstar, um, uh, you know, or an all star or whatever. Uh, but anyway, that will all come to fruition. We will talk about that when it happens, um, and uh, it'll be a shit ton of fun. Um, but in the meantime. We have a ton of fucking shit to cover tonight. We're going to recap the um, last couple series um, from the first round that we, you know, weren't able to get to, uh, you know, from our last, uh, our last show, um, and then jump into the second round action that's going on. Um, all right, so first round, man. Um, I don't remember how many games you had it. Um, but I definitely know you were the one person uh, between myself, you, and Luke who who took the Blazers to beat OKC. Um, they ended up beating them in five games on a 30-foot game winner from Dame. Dame Dalla, like, just fucking drained it. It was fucking awesome. Like, I was um, not shocked that he made the shot by any means, um, but, like, it was a huge fucking moment. Um, it's a it really kind of great story from how they, you know, were, were knocked out last year and how they ended up coming back, um, you know, this season, uh, to be OKC in five, um, and especially the way they were able to knock them off. Um, OKC could just never really get it going. Russ was not particularly good at all in this series. Um, all this talk about Russ being like a reformed defender and being like a good defender like i i never saw it um he he did he he did a good job throughout the season of like um like clogging pass <laughs> excuse me passing lanes and and like getting steals um but i i never looked at him and was like yeah he's playing really good defense this year like there's a difference between somebody um who like jumps on passing lanes and gets steals and say someone like Clay Thompson who just locks people down um, and, and just doesn't allow them to do what they want to do. Um, and and th- like, I'd much rather have that Clay Thompson guy um, any day of the week. Um, I, I still don't think he gets enough credit for his defense because he doesn't put up stats. And that's the thing. He's like always guarding the best guy. Um, but he like, prevents them from doing what they want to do within a game and of course we'll we'll get to you know how he affected um game one against houston um but like russ doesn't do that there were plenty of times where he fell asleep guarding uh dame and dame made him pay for it um and, and it's like he just never learned from it and then you know couple that with the fact that you know in in um in game four you could just see he was so timid he didn't want to shoot the ball because he knew he was off um and then you know in in, in game five like they played really well they you know they took it down to the stretch um i thought they were going to win that game um but ultimately um you know damian lillard proved to be too much for them too much to handle um they, they you know they 
put Russ on him. They put Ferguson on him. They even put Paul George on him at times. Like none of it really works. None of it mattered. Um, and ultimately, um, I feel like the better team won. I feel like Portland is just better. OKC does not have the shooters. Um, their defense has gotten progressively worse as the season went on. Um, and I don't know if that it was the strength of schedule thing or they just had like a really hot like six weeks and were just firing all, on all cylinders and then kind of cooled off steadily um, throughout the, the course of the year. Um, but like their, their defense – um, was not as good come playoff time as it was perceived to be earlier in the season. Um, and it showed. Because, um, I mean, it wasn't just Dame. Like, CJ was getting pretty much whatever he wanted to. Um, and then they had at least one player, one um, role player step up in, like, each of the games they won. Um, you know, I mean, it was Al Farouk Aminu in, in, like, game four. Um, uh, in game one, it was in his canter. Um, I think Harkless had one really good game in there. Um, but like, they just, they had like ancillary pieces step up. But the big thing was their big two, two guys, Dame and CJ were just able to be consistently good throughout the series. Um, and Dame was able to be consistently elite, um, throughout the series. Um, OKC just didn't have an answer and it showed and they got their asses kicked. What are your thoughts? Um, my main thought is I'm not in the, uh, I have no interest, <clears throat> excuse me, in giving Paul George an excuse with his, um, with his injury. Um, to me, if you try to play, um, means you are somewhat able to play. Um, like obviously someone cleared you to be able to play. So at that point, it's no excuse. And I mean, people didn't allow me the excuse when I said, um, when it came out how injured Mello was that year, they lost to the Pacers. No one cared. Everyone was just like, well, typical Mello that he lost. He didn't, he didn't win, whatever. So I, I don't believe in that excuse. I don't accept it either. Um, Paul George just did exactly what Paul George does, um, which has come up short. That's what he did. That's exactly what Russell Westbrook did. And I put a lot of pressure on Sam Presti. Like this is the same guy who I, I get it. He was able to put together a, you know, um, an above 500 team after Harden, after Ibaka, and then after Durant. I get that. But we cannot forget Sam Presti is the guy who Durant left and the guy that traded away James Harden. Both guys are still in the playoffs right now. Both guys would have been a better guy to build around than the guy you decided to keep. Um, and that's something you're going to have to live with because everyone keeps saying, um, well, you know, he should have a sit down with Russ. Let him know maybe he should play more two guard. Russ is not the kind of guy you can sit down and say, excuse me, um, you got to change. You have to change. You are the problem. You have to change. He's not going to do that. He's not. And the fact that you've already paid him, it's your mess to deal with now. Um, I mean, we had the same issue with um, with Mello in New York. Mello wasn't going to change who he was, and we were already paying him. There was nothing we could do until um, we got to the point where we could unload him. Um, so th- there's just nothing you could do. And I resent everyone who keeps saying, um, well, last year Utah, you know, they, they were the better team than OKC. No one thought that. No one thought that. Everyone was shocked when they got swept. No one in the world was like, oh yeah, Utah's it was definitely five games. sweep the, the gentlemen sweep. 
Gentleman's sweep. Oh yes, gentleman's sweep. I'm sorry, um, but no, no one expected that going in um, outside of Utah players. Um, so I right. don't want to hear that, and then I don't want to hear coming into this series, Trailblazers were a better team. No one would have thought that either. Like, yes, OKC was rocky, but not rocky enough that you thought Westbrook was going to play as horribly as, as he did, and Paul George was going to somewhat disappear. No one would have. And now, if you had told me, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and that they would play that bad defensively, like they would, right. that they would not be able to at any point take advantage of Cantor being in the game for so many minutes. Um, right. Just like yeah, everything like. Yeah, I agree with you. I I don't I there's no excuses to be had um on their behalf because um you know, when you stack up the talent on those teams, like most people said, all right, well, maybe the ancillary pieces slightly favor Portland, but like the top tier talent favors OKC, and I think that just goes back to one people sleep on Dame Lillard still to this day a little too much. Um, and B, um, you know, Paul George and Russell Westbrook just seemingly kind of shy away from the big moment, and we saw it happen again. Yeah, and <clears throat> excuse me, like I, I was gonna say, like if you were tr- if if you were trying to tell me like, oh, I could see Portland in seven or something like that, that I could understand because I mean Portland isn't isn't garbage, um, but to think how the series went. I would have told you no. There's no way Russell Westbrook would struggle that bad, and there's no way the guy that everyone was telling me um, had improved from what my expectations of him were um, and who called himself playoff P. I wouldn't have thought they would have looked that bad um, against the Trailblazers. And and honestly, excuse me, I completely agree with you. Uh, How you weren't able to take advantage of of Enos Cancer, I remember – me and Joel were in the theater watching Hellboy, and um, we saw that Portland was winning. This was game one. He was like, how are they winning? Like, who is scoring? Because, one, we didn't know CJ was playing. Um, and in that first game, Cancer was balling. And we were like, whoa, 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 hold on. Dude, he, he was, was great balling. in game one. <laughs> he was amazing. Yeah. I'm like, all right, like, is Adam hurt? Is, like, is Norland, like, is he – what are happening to all your size that should be able nope. to help you defend Cancer? who is not that great um, move-wise. Like, Cantor isn't a guy who has a lot of moves that he could put on you to score. Um, he's just kind of like, he'll back you down, back you down, maybe like a hook shot or, or something like that. Um, he's not super skilled in, in the arts of, like, um, post, uh, like post moves and stuff. So we were shocked. We were like, okay, she just lost to Portland. How? So, to, you know, to me, I did pick Portland to win, but I thought it was going to be one of those, Man, Juwan was just, you know, going on a hot take, but, you know, the series (laughs) might go seven games, um, you know, and he might be right in in the course of seven games. But OKC played really bad. And like I said, I do put a lot on Sam Presti, a lot, Um, because think of it like this. They didn't make any moves at the deadline. No, they didn't. And think about this, Nick. Think about this. This isn't talked about enough. They had Golden State before Golden State had Golden State. You had Westbrook, you had Harden, you yeah. had Ibaka, and you had Durant. You had four out of your five lineups that you could look at and go, wow, that is amazing, one through four. Right. Like, they could have had four. Well, I will say this. Let me let me say this, just in slight yes. defense of Preston. Um, mm-hmm. 
it wasn't if if Presti had been allowed to offer Harden a max contract, he would have done it. It was the ownership that was like, no, we we can't afford to go into the luxury tax. We're small market, yada yada yada. Um, and so that's why he ended up trading um, trading Harden, and he he did get a relatively good package back at that time for James Harden. Um, the, the the problem there was the ownership, but I will give you this amount of um, credence to what you're saying. Um, this team, if they had said um, had the foresight to be like. And 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 I'm not again I'm not necessarily like criticizing this because I don't think very many teams or or or, or people had the foresight to foresee this, um, but had they have had it, um, they would have said, all right, if we don't want to pay the luxury tax, then we should trade Russell Westbrook and keep James Harden because like James Harden and Kevin Durant um, with like a one-two punch with Harden running the point. It, it is going to be more effective long term, um, and they're going to fit better long term. Uh, and unfortunately, OKC and Presti and you know maybe ownership probably had a lot to do with that. Um, didn't have that foresight, um, and that has inevitably cost them um, not only uh, cost them James Harden, but you know probably inevitably cost them uh, Kevin Durant because I don't think Kevin Durant leaves. Uh, maybe he does. You know, I, 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 I think maybe that's I, – maybe I shouldn't phrase it that way. But I think there's a higher percentage chance um, that uh, he would have preferred to play with James Harden than Russell Westbrook for obvious reasons. Well, well my, my biggest issue of that is I, I get your point about the, the luxury. Um, and ownership not really wanting to pay it, but I, I think what I don't want to get lost in the history of that of that move is that it was a decision. They said Ibaka or Harden. I'm not paying both. Right. And then You're the right. decision was made. Well, but I'll here's my Harden, thing. Though. I'll keep Ibaka and trade Harden. Yeah, but here's my thing. What they they it, that shouldn't have been the decision. That's what I'm saying. Right. The decision I shouldn't agree. have been. Abaka or Harden, it should have been Harden or Westbrook, and they should have picked Harden. Um, that should I agree, have been the but decision. I'll even say, I'll even say, if you look at it, like this isn't even revisionist history. Let's ignore what Harden, you know, went on to do, what what Durant went right. on to do. You look at it just purely from how they were playing at that moment, right? Harden was your sixth yeah. man, the guy who was coming off the bench and giving you thirty, right. who could easily yeah. start and give thirty to that starting lineup. Ibaka yeah. was just a shot-blocking defensive guy. Those are yeah. litter throughout history. You could pick one up at yeah. any corner. Harden is the guy you cannot grow off of a tree. Those aren't guys that just, oh, here's one in the draft, here's one. No, that was I – re- yeah. like, I remember when they drafted Harden, it was just kind of just like, all right, well, like, who is this guy? Like, you know, what is he going to do? And then he just blew me away with how gifted he was, not only at scoring, but he also could pass really well. And it was just one of those yeah. things where it was like, if you're sitting down and ownership's like, all right, listen, you have the decision. I'm not paying both. Choose one. Why would you decide to keep the guy that you could get at any point in time throughout the next right. decade and get rid of the one guy who was the talent that you could not necessarily just find 
anywhere. And the idea right. that if you had gotten rid of Ibaka and kept Harden, you had Westbrook who could give you 30. You had Harden who could give you 30 and Durant. I think if you're Durant, there's no way you leave Harden and Westbrook um, at that point. Right. You you do yeah. leave Westbrook and Ibaka. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, so and I, when I, he left, that's it wasn't where I Ibaka put the blame anymore. on Presley. It was oh, right, it was right, Oladipo right. That, that, that and. And, that um, is true, but um, uh, I would the bonus. Put, but that's why I put the pressure on on Presti because the decision was his to make. I get your point about the luxury, but they then gave him an option, and his option was wrong. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think um, I, I mean I don't know that he had that option, but one would have to assume that he did. That you know, that's what the if, report if they're, was. If they're, I, I remember they were saying, right. Um, uh, Stephen A. and, and uh, Skip, when they were on the, the show together, they were saying how uh, management told him like it was either Ibaka or Harden. That's why when you brought right. up the luxury, I was like, yes, that was what the conversation was. I don't want to pay both these guys. One of them has to go. He then made the right. decision Harden was the one to go because you can get the most for him, right. which makes sense. Right. But just get rid of Ibaka and keep Harden because you don't need more at that time. You didn't need more. With Kobe on his way out, Dallas, you know, kind of, kind of in the mix, but not really. All he needed was Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, and you could just fill in in, in positions um, around them, and, and that team was going to be dangerous. So that's why I'm saying I'm not even going hindsight on what players turned out to be. At that moment, Harden was a player I would have never thought you would want to trade. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you're right um, as far as. Um, you know, I, I guess I I think that I, I think maybe a lot of that had to do with the series that he ended up having um, against the Heat um, in the in those 2012 Finals and the fact that he struggled so much. But that's again, again that should that should be a a, a, a point of emphasis that you can't invest too much thought on one series or one game or whatever um you should look at those players as a whole look at what their ceilings can still be um and everything else um and make that decision um not look at one series or you know anything else so um but yeah no i mean i i think it's a fair criticism of presti i think presti's done a um i think he is one of the better gms in the league um i think mm-hmm. he's done a, a a relatively good job um, the fact that he was able to get Paul George um, for what he got him for, because obviously we have to remember um, that Oladipo wasn't what Oladipo is now when he made that trade. Um, it, it, it's it's you know it's it's an admirable admirable job, but yeah, I, I don't think he's free from that criticism. So you know I, I'll agree with you in that sense. Um, but anyway. Um, OKC's, you know, here's the thing. OKC's going to have to, like, pull themselves back together um, this offseason, and Presti's going to have to fucking make some moves. Um, just, you know, like I said, this season, didn't make any moves at the All-Star break when it was, like, clear they needed more consistent shooting. Um, and, you know, obviously you have one of the highest payrolls. I don't think you can move Steven Adams, which is unfortunate because I think that um, Russ would benefit very highly from a uh, you, you know a stretch five, um, but I don't I don't think they can 
There's no way. No one wants Stephen Adams' contract. I mean, he just um, like I, I love Stephen Adams. He's a fucking hoss, um, but he's not worth twenty six million dollars a season. <laughs> like, um, just just not any, anywhere close to that. Um, you look at someone like say Yusuf Nurkic, who's about I would say on par with Stephen Adams, about equally as good as Stephen Adams. Um, and you know, before the injury, uh, and you know, he's costing the Blazers like $13 million a season. So he's like half, he costs you half as much as Steven Adams and gives you the same productivity. Um, like, yeah, like the, those players are just not worth that amount anymore. Um, so I don't, I don't think there's anything you can do there. Um, I think the biggest thing is maybe you, you put Schroeder, um, Ferguson and your first round pick on the table and see what you can get back for that. Um, I, I don't. I'm not confident that you're going to be able to get a whole lot back for that, though. Um, like, I, I would love for them to tr- try really hard to get Drew Holiday, um, but if I'm New Orleans, I ain't taking that package for Drew Holiday. Like Dennis Schroeder, the 21st overall pick, and Terrence Ferguson. Like, yeah, I mean, I get, I get Terrence Ferguson, who's you know young and and got a you know he's got a probably a good career ahead of him. Um, Schroeder. Yeah, no, I've never been huge on Schroeder. I had to live with him in Atlanta for a while. Um, he's just not a good shooter. Um, he's really good at getting uh, to the lane and, and, and scoring in traffic, um, but he's not a good defender, um, which is ridiculous because he should be. He's 6'3", and he's got like a 6'9 wingspan, and he's just not a good defender. Like He just doesn't – like he, he, he doesn't read coverage as well. Um, he he – he falls asleep far too often. Um, he's just not, not that good. Um, and then, you know, uh, 21st overall pick, like, what are you really going to get with that? Um, so like, I don't know. I don't know what they can do. Um, but they need like Presti needs to pull off some other, anything shy of a miracle, um, with what he has, because, the team they have constructed right now is just not going to get it done. Um, but we've uh, we've discussed this series uh, enough. We need to move on. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Denver and San Antonio. So Denver was able to outlast the Spurs um, in Game 7 uh, at home. Uh, and, you know, essentially, um, the, the, you know, Spurs got outplayed the whole game, still had a chance to win it in the end. Um, DeRozan drives in, can't get the bucket to fall. Um, and then, for whatever reason, they don't foul them when there's like 25 seconds left on the clock. Or I think it was a little more than that. It was like 28. Um, but it was like, it was a, a three-second differential. Um, maybe maybe four seconds. 3.8, I think, is what, what they had um, on the clock. Uh, when they got the ball back. Um, but, like, that differential, you're down by four? Like, you got a fucking foul. I I, I don't get it. And it, I was, like, literally as it was happening, I was like, what are you doing? You, you got a fucking foul. Like, I, I could not comprehend why they weren't fouling. Um, obviously, there's that shot of uh, Popovich on the sidelines uh, when um, – when uh, I think it was with at that point like 13 seconds left, uh, Patty Mills ha- has a very 
good opportunity to, to foul um, at the top of the key and doesn't do it. And he just like collapses, like he puts his hands on his knees and he's just like, Oh fuck. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I expected Denver to win this series. I thought it would take seven games. So I was right on that, on that mark. Um, but like, it was just a, it, it was a weird and ugly way for the Spurs to lose the series. Um, you know, they fouled in there. Um, and you know, Denver hits both shots and then, you know, you got to somehow fucking hit a three. And then when you're not really a good three point shooting team, um, or at least your two best players aren't good three-point shooters. Um, and then, you know, you're probably going to lose it anyway. You're probably still going to lose. Um, but, like, the fact that they lost it in the way they did, it was just so surprising to me. I was just like, what? Like, this is not the kind of mistakes that you would expect a fucking Greg Popovich um, coach team to make. It was a little baffling to me. Um, but props to Denver. Um, they were able to pull it out. Um Jokic uh, played very well throughout the series. Mike Malone made the the proper adjustments throughout the series, uh, particularly benching Barton um, and 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 you know going with um, going more with uh, Beasley and um, uh, shit. The the their other three. Uh, fuck, I forget his name at at the moment. Um, but uh, but like making those adjustments ended up helping them out a hell of a lot and ended up paying off um, throughout the course of the series. Um, again, like I, I'm really glad that Denver was able to pull this out because, you know, I, I have, you know, had picked Mike Malone as my coach of the year, um, which we'll obviously get to when we do our um, end of the season awards. Um, you know, once Joel comes back from his hiatus uh, and, um you know, I I think that he kind of showed showed out showed like showed that he was able to win a like very highly contested seven game series against the best coach in the NBA, arguably the greatest coach of all time. Uh, and you know, obviously he had more talent, but he was dealing with a group of very very inexperienced guys. The only guy on that team. Who has the experience is Paul Millsap, um, Tory Craig. By the way, that's that's who I was forgetting. Um, but like, very well coached by him. Uh, Jokic played great. Harris was was terrific um, when he made the switch for, uh, with Harris defensively as well um, to put Harris on uh, Derek White. That was huge. Um, he made all the right moves in this series and was able to. You know, just stay ahead of Pop enough um, to, to, you know, for essentially his team that has more talent to be able to pull off the series victory. Um, so, yeah, props to Mike Malone, props to the, to the Nuggets, um, and uh, they move on to the second round. Um, and, you know, obviously uh, this this uh, the rest of this series between uh, them and Portland is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, but what were your thoughts on uh, Denver uh, beating San Antonio in seven? Um, it, it goes back to another criticism that I have of, of players that um, a lot of people are, are supremely fond of. 
uh, and that's DeMar DeRozan. I, I saw in that first game, I remember telling you, um, that I felt as though Denver was going to lose this series because at some point their inexperience was going to kick in. Uh, and they looked bad in that first game. They looked like they were a, a young team playing a, a veteran team. Um, and then they completely turned the tables. They completely turned the tables. Um, DeMar DeRozan, a guy that I really do like. I, I do like DeMar DeRozan's game. Um, I think if he wants to be great and, and get past these first, second rounds um, all the time, he has to develop a three-point shot that's consistent. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think – I think he at least average. Like, like shoot thirty five right. percent from three, and we're good. Like right on, on like I three or four makes, attempts a game. Like he makes the mistake of thinking this is like still the sixties, seventies, or eighties, to where it's just like everyone just or even nineties post game or yeah, yeah or even 90s. like it's it's um it's it's very nineties esque basketball is what it is to me. Right. Um, like that that mid range game. That, that MJ just lived off of and he was so good at. And then even it carried over into the 2000s with, like, Kobe. Um, and, but, like, we're not in that game anymore. The last, like, six or no, seven years, has it's completely evolved. Him, and like That's who I want him to go talk to. I want him to go talk to Kobe Bryant. Um, Kobe wasn't the greatest three-point shooter. But the thing was, you had to guard Kobe at the three just to keep him honest. Like, you couldn't just leave Kobe wide open uh, behind the three-point line. But that wasn't his yeah. preferred – it wasn't his preferred shot. Like, everyone glorifies, like, the game winner and stuff like that. A lot of Kobe's game right. winners, like, a few of them were three. But a lot of them were mid-range. Um, yeah. So, it was one of those things to where it's like if DeMar – because the thing is, whenever you're the star of a team, uh, it's usually good to have, um, you know, a, a sidekick. And you hope that your sidekick – can do the things you can, right? You don't ever want your sidekick to right. do exactly what you do because it's like, all right. Well, and like, Lamarcus Aldridge shoots the exact it, same fucking exactly. shots as Demar Derozan. Exactly. Yeah. No, I got. So, I, I got you. So that's definitely something Pop has to has to evaluate, um, and you either have to surround him with shooting shoot threes, or you just have to find them guys that can consistently hit the three around them. Because to me, I kind of right, feel but, like the but that's the thing. They have a... they have those guys, like they do. Like I mean, they have guys who can hit. Like Bertans is a good three point shooter. Bryn Forbes is a good three point shooter. Um, like Rudy Gay's not really. He he's more of a mid range drive to the bucket kind of guy. Um, but he's more of your six man anyway. Um, but like excuse me, they they, they just they. They need to be able – like you're you're literally talking about from where they like to shoot the ball. You're talking about backing up like three feet. Like you, you just need to be able to do that. You need to be able to take and three feet, take that, that many steps back, three feet, and, and still be able to consistently hit that shot. And they, for whatever reason, just can't. <laughs> and it's, it's, and it's, it's really frustrating. What's more frustrating is the fact that I've seen LaMarcus Aldridge hit threes. I've seen DeMar DeRozan hit threes. They're not Giannis. It's not like they're incapable of shooting the three. They just, um, they just didn't want to take them. Right. They just yeah. don't do it. And it's just like it's mind-boggling because it's just like, again, I don't need you becoming Steph Curry. But, like, right. you, can be, you know, you can aim to be somewhere in, in between. Yeah, like – 
just to me, Popovich has to get through one of their heads. Because again, you don't need both. Um, you need one of them to It'd be kind nice, of give but more. yeah, at you least need one. one of them. And I can guarantee you, it's not going to be Lamarcus because remember, Lamarcus, the guy who wanted to leave Pop, um, right. already changed his game to better fit Pop. Yeah. I don't think he's going to want that conversation again. So it's going to have to be Demar. Um, and the fact that I wonder you if you have Demar, go ahead. I wonder if you could trade one of them in the off season. I, and I don't know which one. Um, I, I don't necessarily think it matters. I just think, um, and, and I don't think you necessarily look to get a better player. Um, I think you maybe just look to get like somebody who may, it like fits a little bit better, um, and then maybe like a draft asset that you could, Here's, you know, because I mean the Spurs draft better than anybody, short of maybe like in professional sports, short of maybe the Patriots, um, right? Like. They, they they're just they always hit on their their first round draft picks. Um, Here's my issue and, with the idea of trading them. It, it's if, sure. if I'm a team and if I'm a team unless I'm like man I need someone who is somewhat of a veteran who can kind of fill in maybe give me 15 to 20 unless that's my mindset on a team that that's looking for something to kind of just push them over the edge. Um, I'm looking at DeMar, and I'm looking at, at uh, Aldridge, and I'm saying these are two players who have been in the league, I want to say, for definitely more than six years, um, and neither oh, yeah. of them have taken a huge leap. Neither one of them. Right. Neither one of them. Um, the highest well, they've gotten. I, I think they've both ahead. taken huge leaps um, from early on in their career. They haven't no, taken I just mean, the necessary I just mean leaps from, from the, the from idea of, like, like Well, they haven't taken the necessary leaps like since they hit their quote unquote prime to continue getting better, Um, and that's what's would be a little disconcerting if you're a team looking to trade for one of those guys. Right. I just meant in the sense of they they're both all stars, right? So okay, cool. The, The 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 biggest thing everyone looks for you to to accomplish. Um, when you get in the league, is like aim for, you know, becoming an all-star. And then once you're an all-star, it's like, all right, you now have or should have a level that you can then go up to. They seem to the have superstar. capped at right, – right. They both have capped at just being all-stars. Um, yeah, so and they're never going to be more than that. Right. So to me, it's like I can't trade for him looking for him to be the piece. I would have to trade for him looking for him to be a piece. But when I look around right. the league, I'm like, I don't know who would be – I don't want to say desperate because desperate makes it seem like both of them are like their, their, their last leg. But I don't know who right. would want to make that trade. Um, and if I'm yeah. the Spurs, the only way I'm, I'm even remotely thinking about it is if I think I can get a decent first-round pick. Um, and I don't yeah. know who would want to give a first-round pick for two guys yeah. who year after year seem to have capped at what their, um, at, you know, at, at how far yeah. they could possibly grow. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I feel you. I mean, I completely hear what you're saying. I, I just think that um, it, it's very similar to the OKC thing. I don't know if it's possible. I just think that it needs to be something that you attempt um, if you're if you're Buford, um, because uh, I, I think it's clear that these two guys 
who would have worked fucking terrific for you in the 90s, um, just mm-hmm. aren't working for you right now um, in, in this day and age in basketball. Um, and, you know, I, th- there's only so much that Pop can do. Um, and I do want to say I, this know, really I, quick. Yeah. If if because we did hear obviously the rumor of Spurs signing Pop on for for three more years. Um, yeah. I could, if I'm being completely honest with you, Nick, I think you are spot on. I could even argue. I would think Pop in Pop's mind, he would rather not have both of the two and completely right. start anew. Um, he would rather homegrown. Yeah, with guys, one or the other. Um, yeah. One or the other, or if he could possibly like spin one of them and uh, or spin both of them, and out of one of them, get that that high uh, as high as he could possibly get that first round pick. I think he would. Yeah. Because remember how crazy we thought Pop was when he traded George Hill for that pick. Right. That turned out to be yeah. A lot of people were just like, "What yeah. are you thinking? Like George Hill is amazing for your team right now." Right. Um, and Pop was just yeah, like, no, 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 "What I if he's ahead of you guys?" Yeah, like what? What if he's able to like, like let's say, um, let's say like Memphis is that gets a gets a lottery uh, wins a pick in the lottery, not number one, but like let's say they win like three or four or something like that, um, mm-hmm. and like you know they're just like, dude, if we get this guy, we can develop him. Like say say they love Culver. They're like, dude, if we get Culver, we could develop him. He's he like played at Texas Tech. He's gonna be like a big fan favorite. Like, and we can make him the next Kawhi Leonard. Um, yeah, I mean, if if they think they can do that, dude, I would totally fucking give up uh, both of those guys. Like, just to fucking be able to do that. I don't think they would. Um, but like, you know, if you if you could be like, I'll give you DeRozan and. Um, uh, and Aldridge, and I'll take back the expiring contracts of Chandler Parsons um, and uh, 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 who's their center that they just got from um, Toronto, who's pretty good. Um, oh, who's, yeah. Valanciunas. Um, yeah, yes, Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas. Um, like, I, I'll take those two guys. Um, and uh, And you know what? Like, you're you're probably looking pretty good. Like you got uh, you got Mike Conley. Now you got Demar Derozan. Um, you, you got uh, Aldridge. Uh, you know, especially a team like Memphis, who like really is always trying to stay relevant. Like th- that would be the kind of team that that I think you can maybe make something like that work. Uh, if you take two expiring contracts back, especially like a guy like Jonas Valanciunas, you could flip and maybe get more for. Um, you know, later, um, or even, you know, in the off season. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that could definitely work, especially like, you know, we, you know, I said Jarrett Culver, but like, imagine if you were able to get like RJ Barrett, um, and like, let's just say like Memphis is just like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I like, you know, I, I, we really, really like John Morant, but like, we're picking number three, and, and you know we we're just not sure about him. We're not sure how he fits and everything else. And it's like, well, fuck, we can get Demar Derozan um, and Lamarcus Aldridge and get off of this, you know, like get out of fucking Parsons and um, yeah, we have to give up Valanciunas, but like still, it's like it's like 
dude, we, we could be really competitive next year with these guys, with Conley, DeRozan, uh, you know, and, and, and fucking Aldridge and Jaron Jackson, who, like, like can fit, like, together with Aldridge. Um, yeah, like, that would be really interesting, man. Uh, it, it would be very interesting. Um, I don't think I, I don't think it'll happen, um, but like I I just want to see them pull something off like that because I want to see them like basically be like you know we see something that nobody else sees and we're gonna go get that guy and like fucking make it work um, and I and I think it's more realistically that they take one of their guys. Um, and and move him, um, like you know maybe let's look at a team like Charlotte. Like, what if you were to say we'll give you Lamarcus Aldridge, um, and we'll take back uh, you know Nicholas Batum, who's like you know like a, a two year he's still got two years left on his deal, um, not an expiring. Um, somebody that you, you know you don't really want on your team if you're them, but you're like, you know what? We can get the absolute best out of Batum, um, and not only that, uh, we get you know the number twelve pick or eleven pick or whatever they're picking, um, and we you know take the next. I won't say the next Kawhi Leonard, but like uh, the next slept on uh, draft prospect that's going to be really good. Um, like I, I, I would like something like that. I, I, I think they could pull that off. Um, and I, and I still think that uh, Lonnie Walker, um, who obviously got hurt, uh, you know, at the beginning of this season, I, I think he's going to be good, um, because again, the Spurs so rarely draft first round picks that aren't good. Um, so, I, I think they have to, you know walk a tight rope in a balancing act. They want to make the playoffs, but like if they can flip one of those guys, um, you know, for, for a star, um, uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, like a, a, a pick who could become a star, um, who they think they've like, like pinpointed and they're like, yeah, we really like this guy. Like I, you know what team? I think this is definitely the time to do it. You know what team I think would have been very, very, very interested in those two guys if they hadn't have made the playoffs um, and they were um, kind of looking to get some kind of star power. Uh, two teams I'm actually looking at that that would love it, but I don't know if they'll have a pick high enough that that would warrant it and uh, what the expiring sure. contracts are. Brooklyn would love it, um, especially with all the talk of all the, the superstars wanting to either stay, go to L.A., or, or to the Knicks. Brooklyn would love to be in the Sweet State Brooklyn, for, for DeMar DeRozan. No, I, I wouldn't say DeMar because I think they got – I I they got Karis LeVert. So I, I really oh, like Karis shoot. LeVert. I thought, um, yeah, I, but, I'm sorry. I, I like that kid too. But I forgot his position. I, I think, I'm sorry. I think, I think LaMarcus Aldridge would – be great for them, um, and I think if they could trade like the expiring contract of Alan Crabb um, and include like you know a number sixteen or seventeen or eighteen pick, whatever it is, um, like that would be something of interest. Um, especially like if you could make that trade and sign like a you know 
um, either like a Max guy or, you know, like a couple like really solid um, ancillary pieces. Um, to me, the biggest thing with them, though, is just like, are they going to re-sign um, D'Angelo Russell and how much money do they give him? Because I'm just – I'm not as sold on D'Angelo Russell as seemingly most people are. Um, I, I, I don't think he's – I don't think he's that good. I, I think he's really good at what he does. Um, I don't think he actually helps you win ball games. Um, yeah, the only personally. issue that you have if, if you're Brooklyn is that, cool, you make a great point. And do I pay him if I can get Kimba? No. Do I pay him if Kyrie's interested? Of course not. I, but if neither I one of them want to come regardless. and I can't – I don't know. No, if, if I can't pull anyone – because the thing is, D'Angelo, I'd, I'd understand your point more if D'Angelo Russell um, was was on a team full of great players, like players that were just head over heels better than him. Um, and he had a coach that was just like a phenomenal coach. And it was just like he just worked in this system. Um, then I'd be like, you know what? Yeah, it's kind of like, all right, well, you can find anyone. But to me, your decision has to come off of I need someone who's better at being uh, a point guard than D'Angelo, because the thing that you're missing out on is just the scoring. He's not this amazing passer. He's not the guy that gets everyone in their right spot. He's just an amazing scorer at the one. So, to me, your replacement has to be a better point guard, because if he's not, then you might as well just keep him. Because if you can't get Kimba, Kyrie, Tracy, Damian Lillard, you're not going to find a better scorer. I don't know, except that, like, I think Spencer Dinwiddie is better than him. And you're only paying him At like being a point eight, guard. nine yeah. million dollars. Yeah, I, I completely yeah. agree. But the thing is, Spencer Dinwiddie is not a guy who could possibly consistently drop um, drop twenty to twenty five um, on a given night. Russell can. Yeah, uh, I I I'm not sure about that. I'm not I'm I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I'm not sure that you're right. Um, but uh, I don't know. I I would I would just rather invest in Dinwiddie and Lavert and like I let him walk if if the asking price is too high. Um, like if he signs an offer sheet for like twenty five million dollars a year, I'm like did not I'm out. I ain't doing that. Like I I think that would be a huge mistake. If it's like a Eric Bledsoe contract. Where it's like, you know, four years, seventy million dollars. All right, yeah, fine. Like we'll do that. We'll help you get better at the other parts of your game that you're not good at, um, and maybe like that that would still give us the flexibility to be able to trade you at some point. Um, but dude, if, if if like say like Phoenix just comes out like and is like we're gonna give you a max contract and be like fuck that. Like let 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 him go. I, I don't even. I, want to, I, I no, get what, we're not matching. I get that. what you're saying. I get what you're saying. If you're saying he's not the kind of guy that if Orlando offers him crazy money that you try to match. I, right. I, I get that. I'm not disagreeing with you at yeah. all. To me, to get rid of him, if you're telling me you're getting rid of him and you're just going to make Spencer Dinwiddie your starting point guard and that's the guy you're going to use going forward, I can live with that. Um, I think you do need to upgrade in other spots of of your roster. 
Um, but right. I'm completely fine with that. But if you're telling me Spencer Dinwiddie, regardless, is still going to be your sixth man, um, and you're trying to replace D'Angelo, I'm saying his replacement has to be someone who is a great sure. point guard, not a great scorer, because that's all D'Angelo is. He's a really good scorer, right. or good scorer. I say good yeah. scorer. Um, so to me, you have to replace him He's with really a point good guard. So that that that's my only. Issue. He didn't get to the, a lot of people. He didn't get to confused. the stripe enough, but. <laughs> I think a lot of people confuse um, when it comes to point guards today. Like they look at Kyrie and they're like, "Man, he's a phenomenal point guard." No, he's a phenomenal like, not scorer really. who plays the one. Yeah. Um, he is right. not a great point guard. I think today's times yeah. forget what a point guard is. Um, so th- that's why you look at guys like Westbrook, Kyrie, um, and you're like, "Great point guards." No, not really. He barely averaged. Well. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, wouldn't, uh, like he has, I wouldn't put them in the same category, passer. but say it again. Russell Westbrook is an, an excellent passer. <laughs> he is no, he is he, next level. He, he is, is an excellent passer. Only issue he just I have can't with shoot Westbrook to save his life. Well, no, that's not that's not only it. Like I remembered Westbrook early OKC days, even I guess technically Seattle, but early OKC days where he wasn't looking to pass you. He ball. never played in Seattle. Okay, okay, see, Dave, I'm sorry. Durant was the only one in Seattle. I apologize. Um, That's correct. Westbrook has grown tremendously from those early years, even the, when he went to the finals. He was looking to score. Like, Westbrook was a, a great scorer. Um, right. And then he – I think when Durant left, um, or that season before he left, Westbrook was turning into the guy who was looking to average 10 assists. Um, and then, right. of course, we know the triple-double came into fruition when Durant left. So that's why I kind of right. like Westbrook is weird to me because it wasn't he wasn't always this gifted passer. It was something he grew into. No, yeah, no, he developed it over time. Sure. Right. Um, all right. Well, all good, like food for thought. Um, but we got to get into the second round matchups that are happening, and I guess we might as well start with uh, Denver versus Portland. Um, I think uh, you picked Portland in five. I picked Portland in six, and they went out and lost game one. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I can't help but feel like we maybe were prisoners of the moment with how they played against OKC um, and maybe slept on Denver a little too much. I Here's the thing with Denver. I – I love the fact that they have good wing defenders to, like, essentially, um, uh, you know, circumnavigate the fact that they don't have a great post defender in Jokic um, because he's mediocre at best. Um, But they do have good wing defenders. They are a relatively good defensive team. uh, And, you know – I simply love the fact that Paul Millsap, like, he's finally found, like, his niche role on a, like, really good team. Because, like, when he played in Atlanta, like, he was our guy. He was the go-to guy. Um, and he just, like, like, when Paul Millsap is your go-to guy, you're like, you like, you you have a ceiling and you can't get past it. Like you definitely can't get past the LeBron James team. Um, and 
you know, now that he is kind of like the third or even fourth option at times, um, it, it is really good for him, and he shines in that. Um, he was fucking terrific in the first half. He fucking tore the fuck up out of uh, Al Farouk Aminu, who did so well in the first um, series, but he just fucking cooked him. Um, and, like, that is what Paul Millsap can give you uh, when he is your third or fourth option. Uh, and and, and it just it's, it's worked out great for Denver. Um, it was a great pickup for them. They overpaid for him. Um, but they didn't overpay for him long term. They only gave him a, a essentially a two year deal. He's got a, a third year um, team option next year, which I would assume they're going to decline and try to renegotiate. Um, but uh, he he's a really good fit for them. He is a plus defender. Um, he's not great, but he's he's solid, um, which is, is is very nice to have next to Jokic, who's probably less than a plus defender um, in the post. Uh, and, you know, when you have these these wing players like Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, who, like, can go off and, like, hit a lot of shots, and especially like Gary Harris, who can also defend, um, I, I, I feel like I maybe just slept on Denver a little too much um, because of the way the series played out between them and San Antonio, um, I think Denver's going to win this series now. Um, I I called it, you know, obviously, I like I said, Blazers and six is what I called it. I could still see that happening. Uh, obviously, the Blazers have to win game two. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think they match up much better than OKC did um, against this team. Uh, Gary Harris is a tenacious defensive player, um, always given that effort, uh, you know, out on the wing. Um, and just like I said, Millsap is just solid. I don't think they have an answer for him, and they obviously don't have an answer for Jokic because he was just fucking balling. Like, um, if they had Nurkic, it would be a totally different, like, like outlook. Um, but they have Cantor who's banged up and obviously like his shoulders still bothering him. Um, and you know, God, their other two guys don't even stand a fucking chance. Um, you know, as far as trying to guard Jokic. So there's no answer for Jokic. There's little to no answer for Millsap. Um, and then you only need, if you got that, you only need one of your two like starting guards to go off whether it be Murray or Harris, any given game, and you're probably going to win. Um, like that, that, those are good odds. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think Denver's going to win this series. I, I like, I really like the way they play in Game One, um, and I, I, I wish I had picked them <laughs> to win. Uh, you know, to start series. And in fact, um, the, the, the thought did cross my mind because. I asked both you and Luke uh, in the comment section uh, of our of our thread, um, like, what do you got? Just to, yeah, specifically for Luke, um, 
because we, you know, we've done most of the prediction podcasts, and we've, you know, like there's several series that I have no idea how or who you picked. Um, but for Luke, like I was like, I, I want to get out in front of this, uh, so you can't like change that shit later. Um, and uh, uh, after game one, uh, and, and you know, I had not responded because. You know, the game was so late and, you know, everything else. Um, I was like, man, like, shit, maybe, maybe I should take Denver now. And I was like, no, you had you had Portland in six. Like, just let them know that's what you had. And so, like, I progressively was like, all right, this, this is what I had. I feel like I'm wrong now. <laughs> um, so, uh, but, you know, I, you know, I got to be honorable about that, that kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, like, I – I like Denver in this series. I think they're probably going to win it, maybe in five. Now, um, and I don't, I don't want to like overreact to a game one, but I just, I don't think Portland has the answers um, to to this team the way that they didn't have the answers to uh, to you know New Orleans for different reasons. Um, but and, and honestly. Uh, more on the opposite end, like they don't have the answers defensively. Uh, whereas with uh, with um, uh, that uh, New Orleans team, they didn't have the answers offensively. Uh, but yeah, I I think I think they're gonna win it. I think they 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 like Denver's looked really fucking good. Uh, Mike Malone has kind of proven that he's not a fluke coach. He can make the adjustments, uh, and I like their odds. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm sticking with Portland. Uh, I wasn't prisoner of the moment. Um, I just wasn't ever high on, are on you OKC. With Portland five. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not sticking to five. Obviously, <laughs> um, it's going to be really hard to, to do it in five. I'm sticking with them winning um, in seven. I'm going to say it'll go seven. Um, right. I'm sticking with that. And <clears throat> excuse me, I'll say that being prisoner of the moment, you could say, um, is rooting for Nuggets after beating the the Spurs. And the reason why I say that is um, they're a young team. They're a young team. They're they're young. They're high. I mean, like a lot of people with the uh, the Chiefs last year. Um, And at some point, you're just going to come up against someone who is just more experienced than you. Um, And I think uh, Portland can be that team. Um, we, we know this, that either a team that wins this round isn't beating whoever wins the Warriors-Rockets round. No. Um, nope. <laughs> so doesn't matter. Um, this is your finals, your Western Conference finals here. Um, right. But yeah. I, I think we can all agree that, excuse me, um, Portland does have a great chance. Um, that game to me wasn't as, wasn't as much of a blowout as it might have seemed. Um, they played. They played pretty well. Um, they just couldn't really guard the guys that they needed to guard. But that's when, if you're Portland, you start to miss. Um, uh, what, what's their spinner that that broke his leg? Ah, uh, I can never pronounce Nurkic. his name. Uh, Yurkic. Yusuf no, Nurkic. 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 Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I mean, you know, just someone who can kind of help balance cancer a little bit. Um. But yeah, right. to me. I look at the I look at the Trailblazers and I look at Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum being two guys 
that when they get punched in the mouth, they don't just lay there. Um, they get up and they're looking to punch you right back. So whether whether it's them having a huge night, um, I guess tonight or tomorrow, tomorrow, um, tomorrow, they're gonna keep this series. They're gonna keep this series alive. Um, they will not lose the second game in Denver. Um, and I'm sticking with them winning in seven. I have a lot of faith and confidence in Dame and a lot in CJ. And I think you can maybe get one of those surprise games from a guy like Mo Harkless. Um, so I, I'm putting a lot of stock in Portland, and I'm sticking to it. If I'm wrong, I'm I, I'm happy with it because I want the Nuggets season to not have been to not be looked at as like a once in a lifetime kind of thing. Like, all right, well, you guys will yeah. never do this again. Like, if they can make it as far to the Western Conference Finals, I'm good with that. Um, so, yeah, I'm yeah. still sticking with Portland, though, in seven. Got to ride or die with my pick. All right. Hey, fair enough. Um, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. It'll be a fun series, I'm sure. I think it'll go at least six games. Um, there's n- Like, I don't see um, Portland, like, you know, getting swept or even like a gentleman sweep. Like, I, I, I think it'll be a fun series. Um, so we'll we'll see how it pans out. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, hey, I, I, just to be on record, I I still got fucking like pre series. I got Portland in six. So if they win it in six, like I still win. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, 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 no! You can't do that, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I can. You can No, because you put yourself in a win-win situation. If they win in six, you called it. If the Nuggets win, you called it. Come on. Well, yeah, like no, I mean, I, I, I think the Nuggets are going to win the series, but like, I'm just saying, like, you know, like as far as like how we picked it, like beforehand, and this is more me and Luke. Like I, I've got a I've got a point structure going on with as far as who wins the playoff predictions uh, between myself and Luke, uh, and I'm ahead right now, and I I still have uh you know uh Portland in six so um, and he does too as a matter of fact so um, no matter what happens like I don't lose in this in this situation so that's kind of nice um, but uh, anyway um, I, I I'll be interested like. I can factor you into this this point structure, but like, there's so many series that I didn't hear you predict from the beginning. So like, I don't know if I trust you to give me what you actually picked before the series happened. Um, I only know yeah, a couple of them. I don't. I I don't really change my picks. Um, so I mean, you know, but now you, that we're you, in the second you, round, you don't change your pick now. You said no. It's not gonna happen in five games. It's gonna be seven games. Like, no, no, no. I didn't change. I didn't change my winner. No, no, Hey, that's what I'm saying though. It's like I'm not saying you like change your overall pick of who's gonna win. I'm just saying like you, you know you change your outcome, your overall outcome. Um, and that's what I'm saying now. Like I, I, I think I was wrong, um, ultimately in picking Blazers and six, but that is what I picked. So that's what I'm gonna have to stick to. Uh, so like if if that ends up happening, then ultimately I got it right. Even though at this moment in time, I think I'm I'm skeptical of my pick. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying if you're saying if you're going from uh, Portland and six to now the Nuggets winning it, 
it's like, all right, well, you're completely changing the team. The outcomes can but I'm can not, change. I'm not changing my pick. I'm just saying, like, ultimately now I don't – I'm not confident in my pick is what I'm saying. All right, we'll say that and just stick to that. Let's let's not think that you're now <laughs> jumping on to the Nuggets. You're still with Portland. I'm not. It just doesn't look as good. Yeah, I look, look. I'm I'm not changing my pick. I'm like I don't feel like that would be a, something you can do. But I'm just I'm just saying that I think that um, if if you were to put odds on it right now, if you were to ask me right now. I would say the Nuggets are going to win the series, um, but I already made my pick, so I can't go back on it. You know, that's it. That's all I'm saying. Um, but anyway, um, let's move on because we could debate the minutia of this, this argument for um, far far longer than we need to. Um, but uh, all right, Philly and Toronto. Um, this series just got interesting because in game one, it's it, it's weird. I honestly, I was very critical of Brett Brown throughout the Brooklyn series because I constantly felt like he played Boban Marjanovic too much. He should have gone with Mike Scott at the five more, even if that meant playing, um, uh, you know, Furkan. Uh, or Jonathan Simmons some minutes. He, he he just like I think that would have been ultimately like the better matchup for them was to play him at the five when Brooklyn went small. Um, but uh, obviously he's out in this series uh, so far, um, and I I actually think that Brown has done a really good job. Like I I didn't really have any complaints with how he coached this team in the first game. Um, I thought they just just were outplayed. Um, I thought he made a very good tactical decision maybe halfway through that game to move uh, Simmons onto Kawhi, um, which he, he, you know, he kept uh, in game two. Um, And uh, obviously in, in, in game two, he, decided to switch it up defensively and, and put Embiid on um, Siakam. And that ended up kind of paying off, you know, like he just kind of disrupted Siakam a little more. He wasn't getting his shots in the paint. Um, Siakam doesn't like to take those like off the dribble uh, three-pointers. Um, so, you know, if, if Embiid is able to contest that first open look of the catch, uh, so he can't catch and shoot. Um, that obviously helps, uh, ha- you know, helps their cause there. I, I, I thought those matchups were, were quintessential. Um, but all that being said, uh, I so I like what uh, Brett Brown has done in this series thus far. Um, I, I definitely would not have foreseen the Sixers uh, you know, being able to sustain uh, a victory um, with essentially your your three of your best four players amounting to 27 points um, 
you know, in a in an entire game. Uh, but Jimmy Butler was just like, "Fuck it, I'm I'm gonna be the guy in this game," and he went out and he got thirty. Um, he uh, played much better defense uh, with his new assignment in, in guarding um, uh, uh, Kyle Lowry, um, your favorite player, Dewan. Um And uh. Uh, yeah, and uh, essentially, like, I I think Simmons uh had a really good game in game one. He was the only one uh out of any of the Sixers who had a good game in game one. Um and Jimmy was the only one who really had a a good all around game in game two. Um and you know, it, if you were to tell me Jimmy Butler's gonna be the only person who has a good game in this game, I, again as as paralleling um, the 27 points from your other best three players, um, I would have said no way they're going to fucking win this game. But they did. And that is, like, I think somewhat, um, uh, you know, uh, positive for for the Sixers. Like, if if they can win a game when they're not firing on all cylinders, which they've done twice now in these playoffs, um, that's super fucking positive for them uh, and, and, and something to kind of hang their hat on. Um, and, you know, if you split against Toronto on the road um, and you're coming back home uh, 1-1, um, that's fucking awesome. Uh, I look for Nick Nurse to make, um, you know, some adjustments, uh, you know, as far as how do you combat um, Embiid, uh, you know, moving on to – um, Siakam. I'll be interested to see if they keep up and beat on Siakam. I, my instincts tell me they will. Um, but ultimately, I still think the series is playing out exactly as I thought it would. Um, I thought that the Sixers would steal a game on the road. I still think Toronto's going to win in six. Again, I still hope I'm wrong. Um, I hope the Sixers pull out the series. Um, but, uh, you know, I feel like if Nurse makes the necessary adjustments, they'll win this next game, um, and, you know, uh, be up 2-1, but, you know, maybe he can't or doesn't, or maybe, you know, they make the necessary adjustments, but you, you can never account for um, maybe Joel Embiid isn't sick and, you know, ineffective, um, even though, like, going against Gasol is obviously much more difficult for him than going against someone like Jared Allen or, like, anybody the Nets could throw at him. Um, but, like, the other wild card, obviously, is uh, Tobias Harris. Um, if Tobias Harris can get hot, um, and, uh, you know, obviously there's also Redick. If if Reddit can like get open looks and like knock down threes, that's always something. They have the Sixers have so much firepower. It's just a question as to whether they can like align that firepower to be in sync for a complete game. Um, if they can, they're going to win the series. I just question as to whether they can or not. I hope they can. Not confident that they can. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it plays out. 
But very good win by the Sixers. I'm very happy about it. Um, and I'm glad we get a tied series going back to Philly. Um, these next two games at Philly are going to be huge and going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, but what are your thoughts on this series thus far? Um, <clears throat> I didn't give much credence to uh, Philly winning, believe it or not. Um, it was a game that uh, Toronto easily could have won. Um, and Embiid is a lot more hurt than, you know, any of us thought heading into this series. And that eventually is going to take its toll. Um, and what I mean mm. by that is Ben Simmons is not a, um, a offensive guy. Um, Jimmy right. Butler has shown that he can go really quiet or really hot, neither of which are right. consistent. Um, and right. then you're, you're depending on Tobias. That's not a guy you want to depend on. That's a guy you want to be in the mix, um, but not the guy. Um, so I look at it to where it's like my issue with Philly is if this goes seven games, that's beneficial to Toronto because I don't think yeah. Embiid can play two seven-series uh, two seven series rounds. So if Embiid plays seven in this round, they're getting swept by Boston or Milwaukee in the next round. Um, because if yeah, you don't have him be as well as that. they, well, no, 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 hear me out. As well as they did look that one game without him that's like an aberration. Um, that's not something that you could bet your money on. I believe, because again, remember, if they play Boston, something about Boston just has their number. Um, and what yeah, you don't want is Harvard. the fact that, right. So what you don't want is the fact that Horford has Embiid's number when he's healthy. What do you think Horford's going to do to an Embiid who can barely play, what, 25-plus minutes uh, a game? So it just it, it doesn't kind of lend to your favor, and you're asking guys to do something that these guys haven't necessarily done. I haven't seen Jimmy Butler dominate a playoff series. I, I've, I've personally never seen it. I haven't seen Tobias Harris do it, and we know Ben Simmons isn't about to do it, so it all depends on Embiid. I think do I think you could win a game without him? I don't, sure. Do I think you could win a I don't, series? No. I don't agree with you entirely. Um, I agree that um, – here's the thing. This is why you get four guys who at any point in time can dominate a game. You don't need any one of those guys to dominate a series. You just need any one of those guys at any particular time to dominate a game, and we saw that last night with Jimmy Butler – dominating the game um and it was enough to get them to win um they play great defensively um they uh brett brown like kind of finally shrunk his lineup um they went away from boban which i think was a good call i would so much rather have mike scott playing those minutes um but obviously he's not available um so you know you're looking at playing greg monroe and amir johnson and I, everybody on this fucking pod knows how much I hate when the Sixers play Amir Johnson. Um, but honestly, right now, I think that playing Amir Johnson may not be the worst thing in the world if you know if it's between Amir Johnson and Boban. I just I don't think this is. I I I think Boban is the kind of guy who. You have to really utilize in particular matchups um, and with very limited minutes, and um, 
I think they played they, – they relied on him way too much against uh, Brooklyn. Um, but we'll see how, you know, it plays out with um, the guys they have going forward in, in this series. Um, but I, I don't think you need any particular player to dominate the series. I think you just need um, one or two guys to dominate games. And, like, let, let's, let's not kid ourselves. Ben Simmons, like, didn't have, like – a very effective game offensively at all, and he's probably not going to have one in the series. Um, but he was fucking great defensively. Um, like, the numbers won't show it um, because Kawhi was still really effective. Um, but, like, the fact is, Kawhi was, what, 10 points less effective in this game, um, and his shots were harder. Um, he was having to work harder on the offensive end against Simmons um, than he was having to do in game one against Butler. Um, the added size when they when they try to do these pick-and-roll moves, um, you know, Ben Simmons can go under these screens and still recover because he's six foot fucking 10 or 11. Um, and, like, I, I just think that is a, a clear um, matchup uh, – the, the, what's the word I want to call it? It's definitely not an advantage, um, but like uh, a, the, the the most clear matchup that they can utilize against Kawhi is to put Ben Simmons on him. Um, and I I like that they went with that. I like that Brett Brown went with that. Uh, you know, through the second half of Game One, um, so he picked up on that early. Uh, and I I prefer to have Jimmy on. Uh, um, Kyle Lowry. I think Jimmy can be disruptive enough against Kyle Lowry. Um, like, yeah, I know Jimmy's lost a little bit of a step since, uh, you know, in the past couple years. Um, but he's still a, a smart defender, a good defender. Um, and like, it's not like Kyle Lowry has an electric first step anymore either. Um, so I, I like that matchup um, for the Sixers. <laughs> Uh, I think Redick on green is fine. I think that's exactly where I would have put him no matter what you did with everybody else. Um, I, you know, I, I, and I think Redick is not a good defender, but he's pesky. Um, and, like, you know, for, for a guy like green who's not um, – he, he's just not, like, an elite scorer. He's not, like, going to um, – create his own offense or anything like that. Like having a guy like Reddick on you is super frustrating and like gets in your head throughout a game. Uh, and like those three matchups I think are, are good for the Sixers. The biggest question to me is going to be, um, do you see Occam? Uh, because like, let's be honest, like it doesn't matter who you put on, Kawhi, Kawhi is going to get his, um, but if you can contain Siakam to shooting nine of twenty-five, um, like then you're you're probably going to be in an okay shape. Uh, and you know if if like no matter what the Sixers do, however they switch up the lineup and everything, if they can contain him, it's probably going to be good. the The biggest thing with the Raptors is if they are going to put a bead on him and contain him, can they open up the floor? Can they can they make something 
uh, out of Mark Gasol, um, like, is he going to be willing to be like a, a, a old school Mark Gasol scoring threat um, or not? Uh, and if he's not, then they're going to lose the series. I think he still will. I think Gasol is going to have a big game three, and I think that will be the deciding factor that wins the Raptors game three. Um, but I, I'm not. I'm totally not ready to say that the Raptors are definitely going to win this series. Like again, I picked them in six. I'm comfortable with that pick, um, but I, I I definitely see a path now for the Sixers to win the series. No, I, I completely disagree uh, with, with you with your stance. And reason being, you saying, like, you don't need anyone, any one guy to dominate. Like, you kind of do because you have such an inconsistent starting five. Like, this isn't like you get so much from all your guys. Like, we could look at Toronto and go, Siakam, Kawhi, definitely getting a lot out of them night to night. Now, whether that's 25, 30, or Kawhi might go for 35, who knows? Those two are always going to get buckets for you. You don't have to worry about that. When it comes to the Sixers, Jimmy but struggled didn't a lot. Last night. I, I get you, but they were still like you had um, Lowry so you have one that guy. played well. You have one guy. You have one guy who okay. you're going to get consistent buckets out of. Who's your one guy in 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 uh in in Philly? In Philly? No, no, no. You're right. You, there is no one guy. It's four guys. And at any given time, like, you, you might get a night out of any one or, or multiple of those guys that is going to be great. What, um, what I'm but you're not is, going to get – you're not going to get that every night out of every guy. I give you that. No, I, but, I, I do. But, but, but what I'm saying is the only person that you have on Toronto who's going to give you that is Kawhi. Kawhi is ultimately – like, there might be one game in the series where he doesn't give you – um, like elite basketball, um, but like m- like night in night out, you could pretty much expect them to give you, give you elite basketball. But like, but uh, again, here's the thing: if you like, let's say you have Kawhi giving you elite basketball, and then you have one guy on the Sixers, i.e., last night Jimmy Butler giving you elite basketball, and then the Toronto like last night. Nobody else is giving you elite basketball. Like Kyle Lowry had a had, had a pretty decent game. Um, Siakam didn't have a like terrible game. He just wasn't consistent and he was shot poorly. Um, but like you know, when you have that happen, like like and the Sixers are able to beat you with only one of their guys like clicking on all cylinders. That that bodes well for the Sixers, in my opinion. Like, what if they have two guys cooking on all cylinders? What if they have three it, guys it cooking on all cylinders? Yeah, but you, it, it can't though because that works in Toronto's favor. It, Think about damn. last night's game. Toronto lost by like they lost, I think, by three. And that was on um, five. Danny Green. But it was okay. I'm sorry. They got right. two free throws at the end. You're right. Um, but right, Danny Green but yeah, it was basically Danny Green missing that shot. Yeah, right. So for that game to have been as close as it is, and you telling me only one guy, one guy led the charge, that to me lends more because you're saying that Siakam is that number two who just maybe had an off game. With the Sixers, it's not about an off game. Tobias is not a guy. He is part of the wheel. He's not the wheel. Your wheel is Embiid. You can't depend on 
You just said Simmons did everything he could defensively, and Kawhi still got hit. There's nothing you could do. Kawhi's going to get hit. That's not – you're not looking at a neutralizer. Um, like right. maybe Kawhi no, or no, someone else. Whoa, whoa, so, whoa, whoa. Uh, Like, let's – hey, hold on here. Like, yeah, Kawhi is going to get hit. Like, I, I will give you that. But, like, with Simmons being able to um, make it a lot harder for him to get his, that takes a lot out of a player. It, 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 it affects him on the defensive end. Um, it, like, when he's trying to guard Jimmy Butler um, throughout the course of this game, like, he's not as effective as he was in game one. It, it, it's shutting down um, his, his opponent. Uh, so like, I, I, I think that, that minutia, that, that, you know, the inner workings of both sides of the ball matter. Um, and I think Simmons, uh, you know, making life harder for Kawhi Leonard, um, I think that matters. I think that is very important. I, I don't though, because it's only important if you're telling me that on the other side they have Durant and you need Kawhi to guard Durant. So he's giving you everything offensively. It doesn't have much to give you defensively. It's not like every night they're asking Kawhi to guard Jimmy Butler. That's my point. Philly does not have a guy that you have to go Kawhi. Look, you go, you're going to have to guard that guy. Well, no, okay. you don't have to. Okay. Fine. Yeah, they don't have a Durant. But what I'm saying is like they have at least, you know, if, if when they win games, they have at least one, maybe two of those four guys go off. Um, and, like, let's just be honest. In this series, they really need it to be Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris because those are their better matchups. Um, Embiid going against Gasol. Like, Gasol is just really smart defensively. Um, he's a big body. Like, he's not the kind of guy that Embiid's going to be able to bully. Um, so, like, that's kind of neutralized. And, like, Simmons, uh, he could have a big game in the series offensively, uh, but the fact that you're asking him to do so much defensively, um, you know, kind of uh, maybe limits him uh, to some respect on the offense. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, if, if, like, if Jimmy Butler goes off like he did last night, or let's say Tobias Harris goes off in game three, like, who is very capable. Like, Tobias Harris, like, he had that game against the Nets where he was, like, five of six from three um, and, like, had 30 points in, like, the first three quarters or whatever it was. Like, he was fucking, like, just ripping them shreds. And he could totally do that against Toronto. It's not like they're going to have an elite defender on him. Um, Like, uh, I mean, maybe they have Siakam on him. And Siakam is a really fucking good defender. Um, but, like, the, like if you do that, um, like, and, and, and you know, you want to keep Ben in check, so you put Kawhi on him, then you're leaving Jimmy open uh, with, like, Lowry on him or, or Danny Green on him. And, and like, that, that's just not going to – neither one of those guys is going to be able to stop Jimmy well, Butler. Um, well, so, I'll, I'll like, say this. I, I don't know. I, 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 I just don't think that you need – a, a, I, I think you have a phil, you and I have a philosophical like difference in this scenario, and thinking that you need to have a first option go to guy, um, which for the Sixers is obviously um, Joel Embiid, 
Um, but because Joel Embiid is slightly neutralized because of his injury or his sickness or just going against Mark Gasol, to think that the Sixers can't overcome that, even though they have three other all-star talents on their team, I just I disagree. I, I think they can. Do I think they will? No. I think Toronto will still win in six. But, like, I think they can, and I won't be surprised if they do. I'm looking at the box score. Siakam 21, Kyle Lowry 20. Their issue wasn't from their big three. Their issue was their bench. 9 of 25 from Siakam, bro. I, I hear you, but listen to this. Norman Powell, three. Ibaka, two. Mm. Uh, Van Vliet, zero. Oh, yeah, their bench zero. is terrible. Right. Now, to Philly's bench, Monroe, 10. Ennis, Ennis the third, 13. Um, that goes yeah. again. Ennis was great. If this game, Monroe, with if his this, little pick and, pick and roll game, he was really good. If this game, like, to me, I would completely agree with you. If this game was like they won by 10. They won by 10 maybe even 15, I would go, it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't it matter. But the fact that this game was a three-point miss away from possibly an overtime that could have possibly swung in to- Toronto's favor, um, being at home, I can't look at it to where it's like, that's no big deal. Like, if Embiid can't play game three or game four or it aggravates and he can't really do much, it doesn't matter. you got a team full of guys. No, I, I get your point, and at the end of the day, they won. So, obviously, they can do it. My point is sustaining that, not only for this series. Because, yes, do they have a chance of winning this series? Sure, absolutely. Can they win this series if it goes seven? And then against Milwaukee or Boston if it goes seven? No way. Yes. No way. No they way. Can. No way. I'm not – No I, way whatsoever. I don't – I, see, here's the thing. You're like dealing in absolutes, and only a Sith deals in absolutes, and I'm not about that life. I'm just saying that like, it, it is possible for it to happen. Like, it's, it's not improbable. We're not, we're not like talking about um, like, you know, fucking uh, Detroit fucking, you know, being able to, to fucking win a series. Or, 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 you know, be in the Eastern Conference Finals. We're not talking about something, like, absurd. Like, I, I think that, like, I think the Sixers could win a seven-game series here, um, and they could win a seven-game series in the next uh, the next series. Um, I don't think it's likely. Um, I mean, just the sure odds of it all happening. Um, I don't think they'll win this series. <laughs> um, but... I do think it's possible. I, I mean, I, I, I think that is kind of – that's where I can't agree with you. I just I, – I think to say, like, it's not possible let, let me for them to win two seven-game series this. because of Embiid let me ask you this. Um, and his health. Like, a better, are the Sixers a better team than the Raptors? Just a better team. Are they a better team than the Raptors? No, they have a better starting five, but they're not a better team. Not a better team. Are they a better team than Milwaukee and or Boston? No, they're not. So all I'm saying is it's not hot. Like I'm not I'm not giving a hot take when I say it that going seven no, I'm not here, saying you are going I'm, seven I'm, I'm here just saying, and then having to go seven again against one of those two teams. I don't see them winning. I do not see. Yeah, them but winning. like, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, Juwan. 
Like, you remember when um, LeBron led the Cavs to the to finals, like, that first year, back in, like, 07? Um, like, they weren't a better team than Detroit. Not even fucking close. And, like, I know what you're going to say. Well, yeah, but they had LeBron. Um, but, like, but still, like, my point in bringing that up is, like, they probably I, – and I, I don't know this to be true. I'd have to go back and look at it. But they probably weren't a better team than a lot of teams they played that, that fucking year. Um, I'm sure they were in the first round, but maybe not in the second round. I don't know. The East is kind of weak, so maybe they were. Um, but, like, the Sixers, just because just because I don't think they're the better team um, – and, and, again, I think a lot of that has to do with their depth, which depth is – you know, not as important in the playoffs, um, but like, I I I just don't think it's it, just because wait, they're not the better point, team doesn't mean they can't fucking win. You know, but time out to but, your point to your point exactly that exact LeBron example you used is my exact reasoning to why I'm telling you it is almost almost not completely. I won't deal in this. Not completely, not fully. Okay. It is almost impossible. It's because the reason LeBron was able to do it is because he was the guy in dominating Detroit. I'm saying if Embiid was 100% healthy, I would tell you right, right now, I would 100% put my money on Sixers to, to go to the finals this year because that's how dominant Embiid can be. And what I'm saying yeah, is if really he good. can't go – if he can't go at any point, and again, he his minutes slim because they couldn't play him as much as Kawhi played or as much as Jimmy played, that is an right. issue. Meaning that if they're able to survive this round, his body physically can't go another seven, uh, another seven games, and then on top of that, another <laughs> seven in the finals. I don't think his body can hold up. Skip Bayless was saying he heard you get a lot of rest that between was saying, games in the playoffs. That, that that's fair enough, but what, what Skip was saying was that his knee, um, someone told him, was Bynum-like. That's what he was going through, the same kind of ailment yeah. that Bynum was going through. So when I hear yeah. something no, like I mean, that, I'm like, there's no way, even with days of rest, there's no way in a seven-game yeah, series he could survive three rounds of that. Look, I, I don't think that because – Literally, we saw him survive it early on in the season when they were playing him 36 minutes a game and, like, playing him back-to-backs and all that early this season, um, which obviously was stupid. They shouldn't have done that. Um, but we have seen him do it. Um, so I, I, I don't subscribe to that theory. As far as someone saying his knees were Bynum-like, um, I don't nece- necessarily think that they're wrong. Um, I think there's a reason that that this team went all in um, this early. Um, like they see like Embiid's injury or his health as uh, you know uh, like a a, a ticking uh, bomb, um, and you know they're like fuck. Well, we might as well try to fucking get it done now um, because we don't know how long he's going to be sustainable. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I, I I I give some credence to that. I just I don't I don't think that like necessarily like um, like he can't be effective enough in 
multiple seven-game series, uh, you know, in order for them to win. Effective, I think he can. Effective means effective in in the sense it sounds like you're saying is um, can't be helpful. Like last he can night, absolutely be yeah. helpful. That's I'm what saying I'm saying. He needs, that, like look at last order night. To win, he was not in order. Go ahead. No, go ahead. In order to win three series, because my focus isn't on this one. Can Toronto slip it up? Of course. I'm talking about next series, which inevitably will be Boston. Can Cal Lowry, like, not show up? Uh, Yes. Yes, absolutely. But three (laughs) series worth of it. Can, Can the Sixers sustain success if he's not dominant? Is, is is the only point I'm trying to make. They need him to be dominant. They can't beat the Warriors. Three series. So when three, I don't think they can beat Boston. Yeah. I hey, like look, I I don't know if they can beat Boston if the beat is dominant. So I'm not arguing with you there. I'm just saying there's a chance. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, we got to move Fair on. Enough. We got 20 minutes left, man. Uh, Golden State, Houston. Um, Let's try to wrap this up in about 13. I think we can get through Milwaukee and Boston in about seven. Um, Golden State, Houston, like Houston, obviously, we got to talk about the rest situation because Houston made it a topic of conversation. Um, here's my thing when it comes to Houston. You're a team that lives and dies by the rest calls. Um, so I get why you would try to – maybe influence the series going forward by your statements after the game and your press release and everything else um, because you're literally a team who lives and dies by the ref- referee's calls. Um, but, like, here's my problem. When it, when it comes down to a game, when it comes down to in the game, those calls are not going your way. You don't adapt. You don't like. You don't seemingly don't have a way to adapt um, to said calls not going your way. Um, that is a problem. You need to be able to um, essentially uh, overcome calls not going your way. Uh, this, this is so quintessential to any team that has ever won anything has had to overcome games. Uh, in which calls did not go their way. Um, I mean, it's just that's the way it goes. Like, you're not always going to have the calls go your way. So, like, I understand, um, you know, why they're doing this and trying to set up the rest of the series to maybe, um, you know, have have the refs take a second or third look at, uh, you know, particular calls or whatever. Um, but, like... Harden specifically, but the Rockets in general, live and die by um, the refs giving them calls. We talked about it earlier this season that they seemed to get a lot of calls that other teams were not getting. And we we even pondered, would they get these calls in the playoffs? And, and, you know, I think all of us were like, maybe, but maybe not. Um, and the fact that they are not getting them, at least did not get them in the first game of this series, um, nobody – I don't think any of us were surprised. Um, I, I Like, look, I, they obviously – the refs obviously missed some calls. Um, but, like, that 
always happens. Uh, and if you know, if you want to win a championship, you cannot be a team that relies on the refs to save you. Um, Harden has to be able to take over a game without the refs being, um, you know, the team like the, the like on his side, um, or even even, uh, and you know that that's gonna have to be the way that they look at it going forward. In my opinion, they cannot focus on this thinking. All right, well, now that we've complained about it, maybe the refs will see it our way. Like, no. Throw that shit out of the water. Like you need to focus on how you're going to win game two by like fucking beating the Warriors, not how are we gonna win game two by making sure that we get our calls. Like that is not a way to fucking game plan. That's not a way to win games. And it kinda seems like that was the way they were angling in game one. Like there were like constantly trying to get calls, like leaning into fucking players, like yeah, jumping at them. I mean, there was that one play where Chris Paul just like, dude, he was fucking halfway horizontal, <laughs> trying to fucking get a foul call. Um, and like Harden, like jump forward on a lot of shots uh, that he like doesn't normally do. Um, like he's normally like taking step backs. Definitely not like jumping three feet forward, which he did several times in this game. Uh, it, it, it just, it, in my opinion, it's um, it's frustrating. I want the Rockets to win, but it it kind of pisses me off that like they seem like such crybabies uh, that they didn't get foul calls um, when you know like <laughs> you're 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 tr- just. Simply trying to get foul calls. You're not actually just like playing the game and like having fouls or, or being fouled and then like not having them called. You're like actively trying to get foul calls, which they've done all season. Um, but the fact that you're not getting them now in the playoffs, it's the fucking playoffs. Like, like I said, we've said all year there could be a chance that they don't get these calls in the playoffs, and how might they react? Well. We saw how they would react. They reacted after the game, after they lost, by saying, uh, well, you know, like, the refs were, like, terrible and, like, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, dude, like, just play the fucking game. Um, I, I have no pity. I, I want them to win. I do. I really do. But I have no pity for them when it comes to uh, them not getting the foul calls that they thought they should get. Your thoughts? Um, I look at it both sides. I look at it to where as much as I blame Houston for um, just being overly dramatic, um, I also blame the the refs. I mean, you've allowed Harden to become exactly who he is. And now um, Harden feels like, well, you've been calling this all year. Like, why aren't you calling it now? Same as, if he's been giving the kid cookies and, and candy before dinner, and now he's a little older, and you're like, well, you can't keep doing that, of course the kid's going to have a hissy fit. That's all he knows. So you've created Harden to becoming this monster that he is. I've told you for the longest, Nick, I hate watching James Harden play because it's just like, all right, well, he's just going to fake his way to getting this foul call. And I'm like, 
you made flopping illegal. Like, you fine people for flopping, yet I never see a fine come hard's way. And that is the epitome of flopping. Um, and his is worse than Ginobili's. Like, Ginobili was like, oh, flop, all right, but your ball. Like, Harden's flops get some free throws. Um, and sometimes they get some four-point plays. So that, to me, is what makes it more nauseating. Um, but I told you before, I, I, I'll never trust uh, Chris Paul or James Harden. Um, I think they have the same curse that the Oakland Raiders do. Um, and they're, as long as Steph Curry is, is breathing um, and Clay is there and Draymond is there, um, and inevitably, I assume uh, Demarcus will be back. Um, Rockets aren't beating the Warriors. Like as much as we like to think Durant is the neutralizer, I then remind people they lost to the Warriors without Durant three, four years ago. So it's like the Warriors just have their number, and I think that's what upsets them the most is that they keep losing to those guys, um, and they have to sit back. Yeah, and but they didn't them, have CP3 then. No, they didn't. You're right, they didn't. But are we putting our money on Golden State next year or CP3 being another year older next year? I don't yeah. know how many more times I'm going to keep going, oh, well, they got CP3. Well, he's in his 30s, yeah. like, not even like very early 30s. So, no, I'm not going to keep hitching my horse yeah, to that. We, um, we've seen but, a clear drop-off since last year. So. Right. I mean, to me, CP3 is the perfect guy that if you keep out, like if he only plays 20 games in a season and you reserve him purely for the playoffs, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm really afraid. But if you're talking well, about playing basically him. Basically what they did this season. <laughs> yeah, it looks. They didn't so play far, him let me knock very on wood. many at all. So far, let me knock on wood. It's, it's shown good success. Like, it, it's worked. Um, but, no, I, Steph Curry and those guys, no, sorry. Um, but, no, I, I give no excuses to, to Houston Rockets. I told you I always felt like James Harden flames himself out, and C, CP3 just always gets injured. So as long as they have those those curses on them in, in that sense, not, nothing I can really give to them except for put your head down, go play, do it the right way, um, and hopefully you're able to beat Golden State. But I think we all knew Golden State was going to beat Houston in a seven-game series. So yeah. not, not new I to me that they lost that first game. Went. Yeah, I mean, I, I say Luke Luke had Houston. He probably still has Houston. And I hope he's right. I hope Houston wins. I would love it. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and you know what? Like, I know you just kind of went on – somewhat of a diatribe saying like KD, no KD, it doesn't really matter, but like KD does matter. Like KD is the reason why they're going to win this series. Um, in my opinion, uh, he's just, he's fucking amazing, man. Like he, he is bar none at this point in time. I'm like two, two or three years behind you here. Um, I think two years, um, but KD is the best player in the NBA. Like, he he like he just he can get his buckets at any time. He can get them from anywhere. Um, he can turn on a defensive motor when he needs to. Um, his help defense is is very very good. Um, like he's he's just fucking amazing. He he really is. And like um, it, 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 like that's the difference to me. Um, I I I just think. Um, not to say that like they couldn't reappropriate 
um, his minutes with like a role player. Like you say, swap him out for Robert Covington. Maybe they could still win the series. But like at that point, it's like you know you would favor Houston. Um, at at this point in time, like there's no question you favor Golden State because they have KD. Um, and like, dude, he's just he's been balling. Like every like he has not had a bad game in this playoffs. He's been the best player in this playoffs so far. Kawhi Leonard's like a close second, but um, but he has been the guy. He's been the MVP of the playoffs, um, and just kind of showing everybody like like yeah, like I'm that dude. Um, but uh, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see if Houston is able to turn it around uh, tonight or tomorrow, whatever it is. Um, and I don't know. It'll be interesting. We'll see. Um, but I, I still think Golden State is probably going to win the series. Um, I, I, I picked them in seven, I think. Yeah, seven. Because um, I, I do think it'll be a long series. I think it'll go back and forth. Um, but ultimately, I just I, I still think Golden State's a better team. I mean, they that just like um, from top uh, from the top, not not even top to bottom, just from the top, they're better. <laughs> and that I mean that's what's going to be the deciding factor, in my opinion. Um, and you know, we're we're not even like counting if if Curry can get it together because he's been bad. Like Curry has not been good. Um, pretty much this this whole playoffs, he was not good against the Clippers at really any given point in time. He was not good in Game One against the Rockets. Um, so, like, if he gets it going, like, then you're really fucked. Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, they're just, they're they're really good. And and again, Clay uh, is just. He, if he doesn't make all defensive team this year, I'm gonna be so mad. Like he, the way he guards Harden, um, the way he has guarded Harden in in this first game, um, it, it, dude, he's just he makes everything so difficult. Um, and like just fucking is able to um, affect any elite offensive player and make them have to work 10 times harder than what they normally are used to. Um, and, you know, that usually results in said player missing more shots than they usually do. And, you know, the first game was no different. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I do think Golden State will, uh, uh, you know, ultimately win this series, and I, I, I think they'll probably win it all um, when it all comes down to it. Um, but we'll see. Uh, all right, final series that we need to recap, and then we're gonna like wrap it up. Uh, Boston and Milwaukee, Game One. Um, I'm gonna give you the, uh, the the lead on this one. What were your thoughts on this uh, game one between Boston and Milwaukee? Um, I was talking to you before. Um, it, it set the tone for the series. The fact that the refs were letting 
Um, Boston get away with a few shots that I thought were definitely fouls, um, mainly from Horford and Baines. Uh, the fact that they weren't being called and um, uh, Milwaukee was at home, that's very, very, very bad um, for Milwaukee. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like I told you before, um, one of these teams were going to lock in on Giannis and him driving to the lane wasn't going to be good enough. Um, and if you can't get Chris Middleton to, to give you anything, this might be a short, short, short series. Um, but I'm looking for them to have a comeback, a huge comeback game tonight. Um, Giannis, I'm going to predict, has about 45 points. Ooh, I would love it. I think it would be fucking awesome. I I, I agree with you. Um, I, 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 I think that Giannis does have a big comeback game. I don't know if that results in a win, though. Um, I think he could have a huge game, and Boston still ekes out a win. Um, I expect this game, uh, the series, to go deep. Um, I, I think Milwaukee needs to win this game um, in order to preserve the series. I think if they go down um, 2 0. Uh, or O2 and and head back to Boston. It's going to be really fucking next to impossible for them to fucking pull out this series. I still have faith in them. Um, I just I think ultimately it boils down to like the rotations. What does Bud do? I want to see him play Giannis at the five. I want to see him play a super fucking big lineup against um, when 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 the fucking Celtics play Baines and Horford. I want to see uh, Lopez, uh, Miritich, and I want to see Giannis at the three, and then Middleton at the two, and then you know Bledsoe at the one. I I, I just think that lineup would be very interesting um, because I don't think it gives Boston any sort of like inert advantages. Um, and I and I think that like the fact that all of those guys can like hit threes, um, and you still have the court open, but you get like a size advantage um, against their big lineup, and you make it so that like if you're gonna put Horford on Giannis, um, you know you you you're gonna get like it's not gonna be great for you, um, and then you know, like if you put what Tatum or Brown on Giannis, like you're gonna get fucking tore the fuck up, dude. Um, and I, I think that might be a, an interesting way that they could pull off, uh, you know, a way to make it interesting. But uh, but anyway, we'll see how it plays out. It's going to be a fun thing to watch tonight. Um, Juwan, thank you as always, man, for uh, joining the show. I really hope when, uh, when uh, the Hawks get um, – Zion, you don't uh, bow out and 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 just stop doing the show um, because that would be very depressing for me. Um, but uh, I'm glad I'm glad you're on tonight. Uh, and uh, hey, any any interviews we got coming up or any, anything like that? We got about 45 seconds. We actually just had an interview with the creator of Thanos and Lou Ferrigno. Make sure you go check those out. And I, I don't know. Yeah, both were a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if we have anything that we want to announce yet, but stay tuned. There's always something we got coming down the pipe. 
No, we got so much coming down the pipe. Uh, you know, including uh, we got um, Wrestling Geeks Alliance tomorrow night at 7. Uh, we also have, of course, Geek Vibes Live coming up this Sunday, 8 o'clock, as always. I'm sure we got Geeks Against Grain and some other great shows coming up. Uh, so be sure to tune into those. Uh, but until then, peace. Peace. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.